is The Jolt Go! with Larry Flick on Sirius XM Out Q. Good morning, everybody. Seven minutes past the hour. I'm Larry Flick, and this is your morning jolt on Sirius XM Out Q. Keith Price is here. We're glad you are, too. And um, we are so, so very honored to introduce you to an actual living legend. So everyone sit up straight in your cars and trucks. No misbehaving. Don't make me look bad. <laughs> We're thrilled to be uh, to be joined by the legendary Hollywood producer, Mr. Jerry Weintraub. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Larry. How you doing? I'm very well. Thank you for joining us. It's really such a thrill Thanks to for have having you me. here. Such I, a thrill to have you here. I must really look bad. You brought a fitness expert in here. You must be worried about me. Well, you know, we like to take good care of our guests. You know? <laughs> what you didn't realize is that you're going to be doing calisthenics before you leave oh, here today. Oh, great. That's so, great. Did I you warm wait. up? Did you warm up? No, but I will. <laughs> the very full-service show that we do. <laughs> We're going to be talking to Michael Gonzalez-Wallace later on this hour. His book is called uh, Super Body, Super Brain. But um, uh, Jerry Weintraub has uh, two terrific projects that you need to be aware of. He has a documentary uh, airing on HBO. It uh, begins airing on Monday, April 4th, 9 Eastern Pacific. It's called His Way, and it chronicles um, five decades. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm 32 and you look five decades. Five decades. That's so a good, fantastic. At thing. the at, well, at the most, you must have at least started when you were what, three, two, two or three, years two or three. Old, yeah, yeah indeed, indeed. And uh, and the HBO special is accompanied by uh, the New York Times bestseller, of course. When I stop talking, you'll know I'm dead. I like that. I like That's that title. Mm-hmm. I like that title but a it's lot. Not this, it's not a, it, the uh, the movie, his way, the documentary on HBO on April fourth. Is not the book. It's the book is the book, right? But they, and then but the they, movie they, became the movie. They go well together, though. That they do. They go well together. That you, they do. You want to you want to grab the book. It's on soft cover now, and have a have a have a, a, a browse. There's some terrific candid photos in it. You know, my favorite part of the book is of any book is are the candid photos, and um, it's a, especially when you're in the bathtub, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I know. He, I, pretty a little, sexy. Little, I, I, little beefcake I, for us I, there. I brought that for, because the fitness guy. Was I know. Here. See, to prove that, so Michael, see, I he's, was to, hoping, see, he's got it going on. He's got I it was, going on. I was hoping the fitness guy was going to be named Carol. But <laughs> <laughs> we can work on that one for you. Okay. If you come, promise to come back. We'll that's make it. sure. That bathtub shot is was the morning. That's at the Dorchester Hotel in London. The morning I got the grosses on the first Karate Kid movie. And there and you are, I, sipping champagne. The champagne and the Havana cigar came out right away. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. that's, no, that's, that, that's a, that's a yeah. good life. Yeah. Right underneath it, a photo of you with Cary Grant. Yeah, my Legend. buddy. Legend. You know, I've been lucky in my life, and I still am lucky in my life. If you're not lucky in your life, you don't have a life as far as I'm concerned. But okay. I've been very, very lucky. And I started in Hollywood with people. Cary was one of my dear friends, Cary Grant, because of, my association with Sinatra. And so Sinatra and Cary Grant and Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire and J- Jimmy Stewart, Gregory Peck, Rita Hayworth, Lana Turner, they used to hang out at my house. And now I have Matt Damon and Brad Pitt and George Clooney and da 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 So 
this is a, as they as it's in the film. Barbara Bush says this is a name drop as paradise. It is and indeed. So <laughs> I I you I like that that kind of like that name drop as paradise. You know I kind of like it. But I know all these people and they became my friends and I was fortunate to have that that kind of life. When did you fall in love with film? I fell in love with film when I was a kid because I hated school. And I used to leave school and go to, go to films. Also, my mother, I lived in the Bronx. I'm from the Bronx. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm, where in the Bronx are you from? I'm from 174th Street and Jerome Avenue. I lived on 181st and Jerome. Okay. You were, Burnside, you were near you, Burnside Avenue. Yeah, I was near yeah, Tremont, Burnside. You were near the swimming pool. Yep. The, Not far from the, Fordham Road, remember? Well, yeah, well, but you lived wow. on 183rd. 180, yeah, yeah. 183. And and I was a, I probably made you, no, you're too young, but I probably, I made ice cream sodas at Crumbs. Wow. And my brother was a- my, We used to go to Crumbs as a treat when right, I was a kid. Right. I made ice cream sodas there. And my brother worked across the street at the Ascot Theater, which you must know. Of course. And the Lowy's Paradise, you knew. I saw many, I saw- so many movies at the Lowest Paradise Theater. Well, did you have sex in there while you were watching a movie? Because I did. <laughs> oh, work. Uh, <laughs> the Ascot, actually. But anyway. Oh, you, you, you like foreign women. <laughs> but what was it? What was it? What was it? Was it? I, I don't. I actually. Was it really just a way of getting out of school, or, or was it a way of getting no, out of school, I, and no, then you fell wasn't. in love with what was on it, the screen? It wasn't. My mother, I, my mother was afraid of everything in life. And she was she was a, a Brooklyn-born girl whose parents came from uh, the old country, from Europe, and she was afraid of things. She was afraid of living above the second floor. She was afraid of uh, elevators. She was afraid of heights. She was afraid of afraid of anything, and she never went anywhere and did anything except to the movies. She went to the movies all the time, and she went to foreign films all the time, and she read voraciously. She was a voracious reader, and she used to read to me every night. That was her way of seeing the world without going, and she could sit down and have a conversation with you about uh, Calcutta, not even, never having been there, and describe the streets to you because she would go to all these movies and see them and read these books. And I think that's what got me interested in films. And 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 how long did it, because obviously, I mean, we're, we're joking about age and we're talking yeah. with Hollywood I'm legends. I'm 73. And you know what? 73 looks pretty damn good, Mr. Weinberg. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. It Amen. does indeed. Thank you, sir. Um, but so, but, but to have accomplished, that means you got in at a very, very young age. You got into the film business when you were in your 20s. Yeah, I got into uh, music. I started in music. And uh, I started I, I started actually with my first big successes were uh, The Four Seasons, uh, Elvis Presley, and then that went on to Sinatra, and then the uh, invasion hit from England, and Zeppelin came along, and and uh, Sticks and all, all those bands that I did, the Moody Blues and the Carpenters and Neil Diamond, John Denver, uh, Gordon Lightfoot, Peter, Paul, and Mary, Tom Paxton. That was my early days. And what was it about all of this that 
that held your imagination? What was it about music that, because we're talking about some of the most important music of all time, yeah. and what was it that, that pulled you? Because you obviously had to have heard it long before the rest of us. Yeah, I did. What pulled me to music was uh, money. <laughs> and it was a very big pull. Oh, and I couldn't wait to make all that money that I saw out there. I was fascinated with the with shows. I loved shows. And in the old days, long before you guys were around, the uh they used to have movie theaters in downtown Manhattan, the Paramount, the Capitol, the Roxy. And these theaters had a movie and then a show. A movie and then a show, like Radio City Music Hall does. I think they still do that, don't they? Mm -hmm. Still show films there? Every once in a while, very well, rarely, yeah, though. Yeah, because they do concerts. So, and I, anyway, I grew up with, in that live world, that live uh, entertainment world, and I enjoyed it and loved it. Loved those shows, loved music, loved Sinatra, loved uh, Presley, loved all the stuff I ended up working with. And doing, and I wanted to do these huge concerts, and I couldn't do them with Joe Schmo. I had to get great artists, <laughs> so, so I went. And I got the great artists. So, what was it like to stand on the sidelines and watch a room that you created people to be in come to life? It was fantastic, but I never stood there. Very long because I stood in the box office most of the time. Did you count the money? Very <laughs> wonderful. Knew where to be. Where the I money? Had, Give me money. Uh, mm -hmm. I had shows, and, and there was a there was a time in my life. Well, I became a, a multimillionaire when I was twenty six years old, and I started with, with zip. I had nothing, but after the first Elvis tour, I was a millionaire, and I knew my life had changed and it was going to be very very different. And I, when I when I filled a, an auditorium or an arena or a baseball stadium, or any of those things. It was business, it was part of my business, part of my life, and it was their business, and I was taking care of it all, and it was great for everybody. And how did you, you know, it's funny, because talking to, to Jerry Weintraub, and again, I should remind you um, that his, uh, his the, the film, My Way, His Way, not My Way, His Way, on HBO makes its debut April 4th at nine o'clock Eastern, and again, uh, his best-selling book, When I Stop Talking, You'll Know I'm Dead. Um, my my impression from what I've read in the book, and, I, and I've seen his way, it's a really great piece. Thank you. Um, is that we can joke that it was about money, but you love what you do. No, I love what I do. And, and, I, and I, always, I always joke Because that's me. where the success comes from. If you don't like what you're doing, Nothing's going to come yeah. to you. The, the the joy has to come first, yeah. doesn't it? I can't sit here and say that I would have done what I've done and given up the other part of my life in order to be who I am today and as successful as I've been it, it, because I did give up a lot. You have to make choices in life. And in the to be serious for a moment, because I'm, I'm not serious very often, but, but to be serious for a moment, the, the fact is that I did give up my family life in order to have this career that I had, this, this uh, incredible career, incredible ride. And if, if there's one thing that I, that, that I missed, it was my kids going, I didn't go to recitals and I didn't go to uh, little league games and all that kind of stuff. I didn't, I didn't have that part of my life. 
And I'm making it up with my grandkids now, but I didn't have it with my children. And do you have any um, feeling about the fact that we live in an age now where folks seem less willing to make those sacrifices? They're looking for a, a faster path to fame and fortune. Well, I think it's the technology. I, th you know, I think th this goes back to, to to my problem with with technology. I think that the technology is so advanced now, and it's and every day it changes and changes and changes, and everything is so fast. We do things everything quickly now. When I used to make a film, I had time to think about it. I don't have time to think about it anymore. We shoot it. We hit three buttons. We it's cut. It's on the Avid. We and we ship it out. If we don't, we used to take to to, to change a scene. It used to take me a week to send the film out. They went to the lab. They'd come back. We could look at it. We could think about it. We could talk about it. Records were the same thing. Broadway shows were the same thing. You don't have time now. Look at poor Spider Man. I mean, they can't get the guys flying. <laughs> and I was going to so, say, yeah, you know, and and I, so I think that that the technology today and and uh, and the kids are so interested in getting immediate satisfaction. Immediate. It's got to be right now, right now. I want it right now. It just plays into that, that, that uh, furor of earning a, a, a fame and fortune too early, too soon, right away. Got to have it now. They don't want to live and learn so that you can handle it when you get it. That's why Charlie Sheen's yelling, winning, 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 blood, third, whatever he's doing. He, he, he's, it's now, right now. They want it's premature ejaculation. And we all know that's not good. No. That's not good. Uh, Jerry Weintraub with us here in the Morning Jolt. Um, and uh, there's a part of me, and, and sometimes I think it's my, my own age uh, talking, where I, I, I'm, I'm resentful a little bit of people who don't earn it. Because I was a writer in my other life. Uh -huh. And in order to be a published writer, you had to work really hard. You had to write for free. Right. You had to do crap assignments. You had to earn your way in. You had to think about what you were doing. And then when it was published, you could look at it, have a, have a glass of champagne, a cigar, right. and go, I have succeeded. Right. You don't have to do that anymore. No. And so with the, with the quick turnaround that you were discussing with, with uh, films, do you think that that has hurt the quality of what we're seeing? Because, Absolutely. Because if you have to spend all that time waiting for shots to be changed and all that stuff, doesn't that you as a producer, the screenwriters, the directors, everybody involved have a chance to ruminate right. on what they're going to do next and maybe make it better? Exactly. So that's, that is a problem. That's why the quality of film, in my opinion, has changed a great deal. Now, if you talk to George Lucas, or probably, or Spielberg, or... Chris Nolan, the guys that make these kind of films, those big films, uh, you, they probably would think differently because they like working with all that equipment and all that stuff, and they like pressing buttons. Zemeckis, who I'm a big fan of, Zemeckis uh, would rather never work with an actor again. <laughs> you know, and know. I think there are some actors who might feel inclined, <laughs> from what I understand. He'd like to do everything on a computer. You know, he doesn't want to talk to people, so... It's just a different, different world today. I think it's going to get, and and also, there are people who are still interested in quality film, and they're still and they're making them, and and they have, they made a lot of them this year. There were a lot of very good films this year, 
like King's Speech, like uh, the uh, the Zuckerberg film. What the hell? Social that? Network. Yeah, yeah, Social Network. There were a lot of very good films out this year. I I thought, and, but I love. For me, I'm 73, and I like character pieces, and I always have. All my movies that have been successful have been character pieces, and that's what I like to to do. I, and that's what I like to write about, and that's what I like to live. That's how I live my life. I like people. I'm interested in them. I'm interested in what they have to say. I'm interested in new ideas. I'm not afraid of things, and uh, uh, so I, I'm in a different place, you know, with with the technology. Have you ever worked on a film that you looked at the screen and you said, "That's me. That character is me." Uh, yeah, I'm in Diner. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I, Kevin Bacon kind of played me in Diner. I've been in, you know, I'm in most of my films. And does that make the film? Does that raise the stakes for you? If you do, you need to have some sort of image of yourself wherever you are in your life, or, or from some point from the past to more deeply invest in the movie you're working on? No, no, not at all. I, I'm not. That, that's not. That's not what drives me. What drives me is is quality work. And, and what drives me are the people around me that I work with that are creative people. Because I live in a beautiful world. It's beautiful. And it's, it, it sings all the time. There's music in my head all the time. And, there's, and I, Frank is singing to me now as we speak. So it's, it's, not, uh, it's not labor. It's, it's, it's fun. I have fun every day. I'm a lucky guy. I'm not at Mutual of Omaha writing uh, insurance policies. Creating something new every day. It, you know, you keep, Mr. Weintraub, you keep saying things that resonate with my, I'm, I'm connecting very deep. I've always been a huge fan, yeah. but the job I walked away from before I decided to pursue my, my bliss right. was at Mutual of Omaha. Omaha. You're serious. I swear. <laughs> I didn't know that, Larry. I swear. <laughs> oh, I swear I didn't know I it. was, I will tell you, I will, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% true. I, I, I had, had been a, an extended temp doing policy compliance. Oh, my God. And I had just been offered a permanent job and a part-time job answering phones at Billboard magazine, and I... Took Billboard. I took Billboard. Did you work for George Albert? And Billboard? No, I worked for John Babcock John and Babcock. Timothy White, yeah. but uh, but I uh, but I know of course George Albert, legendary figure at our yeah. at our company, yeah. and my family in the Bronx not happy with me when I left Mutual, yeah. because but I had a ponytail. Because it was a job. Yeah, because it was and it was a really good paying job. My father was a handyman. Yeah, you know, and so I was doing it. So you keep saying things that I'm sure resonate not just with you know with everybody who's listening, but I'm listening to you and I'm thinking. Okay, I'm not making mistakes. I don't think a lot of us are making mistakes by doing what we love because you have to wake up in the morning and feel good about how you're spending your day. Absolutely. If you don't, then you're not. You're the, 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 I can attest to the fact, being 73 years old, that the days go by very fast. They go by, and <laughs> trust me, at 47, almost 48, yes, they go by a lot quicker yeah. than they were when I was 23. So. Right. What do you What do you want to do next? What's 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 Oh, I'm, I'm in. A, you see, you said I had two projects because yeah. you talked about the book. Yeah, and which uh, which is now a paperback. It's so but good too. I'm, I'm still working talking, my way through it, but it's so good. It's when funny. When I stop talking, you'll know I'm dead. I I'm also selling that book right now, and the, my the, the most important thing in my life right now is the a documentary, which is 
coming out on the 4th of April on HBO. HBO, and, 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock. And the thing about the documentary and the book, for me, that's been so exciting is that how many people get to have to be able to sit down and write a book about themselves and so that nobody else writes it because somebody else was going to write it if I didn't write it. So I wanted, I wanted my children and my great-grandchildren to hear it from me. And then to be able to do a film, which I did not produce or direct. I had wonderful people, uh, wonderful artists that did it, uh, made about yourself. And you can look at that, and then they can see that. That's such a, that's charmed. That's leading a charmed life. But I have a third uh, project right now. The Carnegie Delicatessen just named a sandwich after me. Okay, what is it? Because I'm, I'm, I'm breaking gonna, my diet. I'm Michael, gonna, cover your ears. Yeah, uh, cover I'm, your ears. Uh, I just want to have it for lunch today. And I'm, I'm having them sent over. I'm having them sent over for you. They'll be here soon. It, and it's a huge sandwich. And it's, uh, it's called... Uh, when when I when I stop eating, I'll be dead. <laughs> oh and also, my and it's called goodness. and it's and it's a it's it's because of his way. It's, 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 <laughs> the, the sandwich is named Jerry Weintraub his way, mm-hmm. and it's pastrami, corned beef, and brisket of beef oh and mustard, God. and it's it's <laughs> fanta- and it's fantastic. And it was they they started it at thirty dollars. And I went over to see them this morning on the way over here. I had a cup of coffee with Sandy Levine, who owns the Carnegie Deli. And I said to him, you got to do a special for the first month because of the movie coming out. <laughs> and he, Smart. Said, he well, said, I will, I will. And he said, what do you think? I said, twenty one ninety five. He said, done. Done. There you go. <laughs> Mr. Weintraub, thank you so much for wow. joining us. Thank you. you. Thanks Such for having an me. Honor. Such an absolute honor. Again, Absolutely. the documentary airing Monday night on uh, HBO. It premieres. It'll getting, be getting replays. HBO.com is a place to go to get the times of the replays. But it premieres Monday. April 4th, 9 o'clock. It is called His Way. The best-selling book, the New York Times bestseller on softcover now. It's called When I Stop Talking, You'll Know I'm Dead. A pleasure. Thank honor. you so much, Thank Larry. you so much. This is your morning jolt. <laughs> Sometimes.